previously on Inside Quotes. Why do you want someone to be like, Harry, did you put your name in the corporate fire? <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, let's take that out. <laughs> I don't know how to compare it to the book in this one. So, Dumbledore is definitely, how he's portrayed in the movie is like, he's not in control of the situation. Yeah. And he's like, he's actually like scared. He doesn't actually know what's going on. Which is cool. Which is different than any other yeah. one. And wiping away booba tuba pus. And now, part two of Goblet of Fire. I wanted to talk actually um, about new characters. Okay. So we've got Voldemort. <laughs> yep, Voldemort. And Mad Eye Moody. And I think, like, you were talking about the director, and people don't think he did the best job, but I feel like his hiring of, like, Ray Fiennes as Voldemort is. Perfect. Like, great casting. And maybe that wasn't all his choice, but, like, he, he was involved in that decision. I mean, he's responsible for what Harry Potter ended, like, the last leg of that. Yeah. And I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, I think I think it was a great casting choice. I think bringing him back, the scene at the end is very scary. Uh, he plays it well, and I think, I, honestly, the, the scene at the end... Like the the movie is dark, but like the scenes, the stuff at the end, that's what gives it like the PG thirteen yeah. rating. It's it's dark, and um, yeah. So I think he he gets credit for that, and I think casting of Mad Eye Moody is also yeah awesome. What what other new characters are there in this one? I mean, I guess the champions, champions, all those people. Um, we've got Barty Crouch, Junior. Oh yeah, so David Tennant, David Tennant, great job. Oh, we've got a brand new Filch. <laughs> what? It's the same actor, but it's a completely different Filch. And I wanted to talk about this because this is the pivotal moment where Filch goes crazy. Okay. Before he was a complete menacing villain, but now he's just a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. And I remember him being like a mixture of both of that, but like, pick, pick a side, dude. Yeah, like he just went insane, especially in the fifth one. I remember the fifth one for sure. All yeah. he is is comedic effect now. I guess that's what they need when the movies get dark. But it's such a weird like switch. I don't know what happened. It seems like he's been obliviated, <laughs> like Gildor Lockhart. But he's a squib. Give him a break. He's a squib. Squibs be trifling. <laughs> Squibs be trifling. He did not just say that. Squisby trifling. Um, but speaking of Gilderoy Lockhart, I would like to bring this back. I have a proposition for you. In an alternate universe, I want this relationship to work. I want Gilderoy Lockhart to not be obliviated. Okay. His normal self. All right. Mm -hmm. Or we can just keep it in the same. I want him and Rita Skeeter to get together. I fully ship that. <laughs> they would be the most insufferable power couple. I think so. Like they would it both would work. they would both know about like what they're doing with their writing that they're yeah. not good people. Yeah. But they would still like I I can see that. I wanted I wanted them to get together and be like dating or like married or something hmm. before he took the role at and then when he went crazy, for them to be connected. <laughs> ah, 
missed opportunity. Yep. Since we're talking about teachers and their love lives, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've always wondered this. The teachers at Hogwarts go home at night, or do they all live there? And is every, te- there. is every teacher at Hogwarts single? Did none of them have like a husband Shoot. or wife at home? Like, like you see at the Yule Ball, you see like Dumbledore like go like dance with McGonagall, and it's like, well, you know, does does McGonagall have a husband? Like, ask him for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> but like, I've always wondered, like, do they? Is any are any of them married? Do they go home at night? Like, they all live there, and I'm pretty sure they're all single. I know McGonagall had, there was like reference to McGonagall having like a fiance mm-hmm. back in the day. And we, I always thought that McGonagall and Dumbledore were just going to get married. Yeah. Just because that's the two people in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we know that's not the case now. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Snape had his own reasons well, you for know that. that. They, and they, they talk about that, you know. Hagrid's the only one that's shooting his shot. <laughs> He's shooting his shot in this movie. <laughs> uh, Filch has his cat. Yeah. Which, there's, there's a really cool conspiracy on that. Filch and Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Norris is um, not an animagus, but what's the one where, like, Nagini turn into... Like, you're human, but you turn into an animal over time, permanently. Uh... Yeah, I don't remember what that was called. I just typed in Nagini disease called. And I, WebMD showed up for shingles. What? <laughs> maledictus. So there's a theory that Mrs. Norris is a maledictus. And she just turned into a cat. And that's why Filch is in love with her. Mm-hmm. It really answers the, would you still date me if I were a worm? <laughs> TikTok stuff. <laughs> Get you a guy like Filch. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways. What are we talking about? Um, never really understood why they called them Triwizard Champions. Because they haven't won anything yet. I kind of wondered that too, yeah. They're not like contestants. They're like champions. You're already a champion. Go home. <laughs> yeah. I just had the thought like, you know, they're considered a champion. And like, even if they don't win it. Like, they're still going to be able to, like, get on Cameo and do personal shout-outs, you know, as a <laughs> yeah. Triwizard champion. <laughs> yeah. it You know, it'll be, like, 30 bucks or something for a shout-out yeah. from Fleur Delicota. DJ Showtime. <laughs> so, Jeremy, who's your favorite side character in this movie? The kid that runs to class that says, Cedric Ruse! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Potter stink badge. He just, like, cuts him off in the middle of class. He looks like a little first year. Yeah. He's like Naruto running to charms class. Okay, I don't think it ever says in the movie, but I think it's the fourth, the fourth book, third or fourth book, uh, Colin Creevy's little brother comes to school. Dennis. Dennis Creevy. Yeah. He's featured a lot in the fifth one. I always just assumed it's that kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dennis Creevy. <laughs> but he probably wouldn't say Potter stinks because no, no, Colin Creevy yeah. adores him. Cedric Ruse. <laughs> <laughs> As he's running and he bumps into him. That's so funny. This one, this one is good because it's still in these early ones, and it focuses in on on all the other like side characters as far as the other Hogwarts students. And the other ones still do some, but it, it ends up being like a core group, and then you don't really see 
the other students as much. But this one, you still get a lot of the same people in it. Um, this one, I I noticed in this one, I think this is the first movie that has no ghosts. There's no really? there's no ghosts in the entire movie, at least from yeah. what I noticed yeah. when I watched it. I don't know. I just like I like Neville in this one. I do too. He doesn't have a lot, but I just love how he's just all in on like trying to learn the dance for Yule Ball. And we we quote this line a lot when he comes back to the common room after. Anytime someone gets home late, yeah, we come home. It's late, and I'm just like, just getting in. Me. (laughs) (laughs) It works so well in any situation. It's great. I I really did feel for Neville in this movie because this is like he's starting to get cooler. And like fit in a little bit, but he still doesn't fit in with everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I, I like it when he's um Ron and Harry are having their fight and everything. And so Harry is like reduced to like hanging out with Neville. Yeah. And Ron's hanging out with Seamus. Yeah. And Neville's like by the water and he's like talking to himself and Harry's just like, Neville, you're doing that thing again. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. When we watched that, you quoted Recess Schools Out. <laughs> got, yeah, I was thinking of uh, Recess Schools Out. And all, all of TJ's friends have gone off to camp, and he's riding his bike over to Randall's. And he's like, my way to a play date with Randall. can't believe I've sunk this low. <laughs> <laughs> That's Harry hanging out with Neville. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Neville's not as bad as Randall. I love Neville. Neville's great. I like him. Neville's that. probably the one character I would hang out with after mm-hmm. graduation. I also, I actually, I like the uh, the Patel sisters in this one. Yeah. I, I mean, they don't have a lot. They just walk by and say, like, hiya, Harry. <laughs> hiya, Harry. But you really feel for them at the, at the dance because it's just like, yeah. obviously they're into other people and you're just being a big bummer the whole time. This is a fun one for Draco. He's a, he's a bright young git, wasn't he? <laughs> You're a right foul git. You know that, he, right? He's right foul git. He was... From, I mean, he's always like his insufferable little self, but he's like flexing on everyone at the yeah. Quidditch World Cup, like after his dad. Father did. and I are in the minister's box <laughs> by personal invitation of Cornelius Fudge himself. What I really love about that is that it would have been the hardest mic drop ever. Like it would have been a really funny, like a good singular burn if it just ended after Lucius said. Well, if it rains, you'll be the first to know. And then they just walk off. Yeah. But no, Draco had to open his mouth and also brag. Right, yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, the minister invited us himself. <laughs> Shut up, Malfoy, you're not cool. <laughs> I just love, he's like sitting in a tree, taunting everyone when he turns into a weasel. Yeah. That's a good scene. <laughs> Professor Moody, is that a student? <laughs> Do not use transfiguration as a punishment. Surely Dumbledore told you that. Must have missed that. <laughs> Might have mentioned it. Might have mentioned it. I love seeing that scene because I see it now after first viewing. I see that as Barty Crouch Jr. Like taking all of his frustrations out on Lucius. True, yeah. <laughs> it works either way because you know that Moody would do it too. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that's funny. We're going to rank him at the end of this. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I really love Moody a lot. He's a good character, and like even though you get the reveal at the end that it wasn't him, like it was just Barty Crouch as you know taking on his appearance through the Polyjuice Potion, he still like studied his character. He studied his character, and he's like in character the whole time enough to fool like Dumbledore and stuff. 
it's only until like the very end when he like takes him away that Dumbledore is like, hmm, the real Moody wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you still get like, he still plays it the same. It's not like he, whenever he comes back in the later movies, it's not like he's any different. <laughs> like he's still the same kind of yeah. grumpy kind of character. So I, I liked his character a lot. And like I said, it was the perfect portrayal of him too. What what do you think of when you think of this movie? Like, what's the first image that comes to your mind? Dragon, the dragon. Yeah, is that your favorite of the tasks? I think it. I think it is my favorite task. Mm-hmm. It's very simple, and it's the most entertaining and the coolest. Like, it it's the most impressive to me. Not academically impressive, just yeah. like the most like brave. Like Harry had a status change. When he slayed a dragon. Like, when he, like, fought a dragon. Harry leveled up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you held your breath underwater for 45 minutes. That's pretty cool. But it's not as impressive as fighting a dragon. <laughs> so. Oh, and you found a maze. Found your way through a maze. Although, they, they really did the maze dirty. They did. Yeah. They left out the whole Sphinx. That was insane. Yeah. There's. They just made it seem like the maze itself was trying to attack you and you yeah. get through. I don't, I don't really remember that as much from the book, but maybe it was. There was a lot of like, like the blast ended scroots were in there, right? There was like yeah. creatures and things like that. And there's a whole scene with the Sphinx, Sphinx and there's like a riddle. He has to, the, the Sphinx. The Sphinx. <laughs> But, like, the Sphinx was, like, super scary. It felt like you were encountering a bear in the wild or, like, a lion. At that point, they're just, like, rushing to get to, to Voldemort in the movie, basically. <laughs> but Which is a good scene. I like that. I like the way they did it. But, you know. I think that's the one. Save that, money um, on CGI. I think the other two looked good, though, and was, was a pretty good um, visual from, from what's in the book. I don't have any qualms with with the first two. Now, here's my question to you about these challenges. Which one, if you had to only do one of them, which one do you think you'd be best at? Hmm. <laughs> or also, which one would you rather do because of that being a factor? I think I'm immediately striking off the second one because I'm not, a, I don't, I don't think I'm a good swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a fat flyer, aren't you? But I'm a, I'm fair a pretty flyer. fair flyer. I'm a fairly fair flyer. Um, now that I can't swim, I just feel like that would just be a lot, and I'm carrying like people back with me through the water, and fighting people. Yeah. Um. So it'd be either the first or the third, and I, I'll go with the dragon because I'm not good at riddles. I would just fail the riddle. That's true. <laughs> I like to think I'm pretty intelligent, but when it comes to riddles. I don't get any of them. <laughs> <laughs> not much of a puzzle guy. You're no, not that guy. I'm not that guy. Uh, yeah. I. But the thing with the first one is they don't know. They're not supposed to anyway. They're not supposed yeah. to know what that task was. The other ones they could prepare. So I, it would have to be something I could prepare for. I'd probably pick that over a surprise. The dragon one's tricky. Because... Without the loophole of flying away on a broomstick, that's pretty, that's pretty gnarly. 
I don't remember how. I actually didn't read the book this time. I, I started it, but I didn't. Um, I don't actually remember how the others defeated. I think one of them is like a sleeping draft or something. I think so. I I don't really remember. I don't think it. The second task they really detail which what each of them did, but I don't think the first one. Bubblehead charm. As much. Way to go, Crumb for turning into Shark Boy. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, low key, I want to eat gillyweed. It looks disgusting, but I want to eat it. So I might go with number two. You know, at the same time, yeah. Because that's what I would want to do the most is I'd want to eat the gillyweed and be able to breathe underwater and swim. Because if I could breathe underwater, then I'd be fine. I'd just be scared of it wearing off and I'm like 50 feet below or something. It did. <laughs> well, I'd rather... Nah, I would rather... Ooh, would you rather die by dragon or drown? Hmm. I'll take the dragon. I'll take the dragon too. That's cooler. That's way cooler. <laughs> Also have another. I have another question for you. Yule Ball, who yeah. you taking? Who am I who taking? asking out? Who you? Who you asking out? At Hogwarts. Well, Hermione, you're a girl, aren't you? <laughs> well spotted, Ron. <laughs> um, that's a weird question. Not as an adult, who would you have taken if you were at the Yule Ball your freshman year of high school? McGonagall. Yes or no? I already said who I wanted to ask. Shoot. <laughs> I will say, as a kid, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what Harry saw in Cho. She seemed pretty basic. I just didn't really, I didn't really know what the appeal was, other than the books kind of explain a little bit more. Obviously, he thinks she's pretty and yeah, she played and, Quidditch. And she, he played Quidditch. And, but the movies, she just kind of shows up and he's just like, Spilling water as he's drinking it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and she is pretty. She's just like boring, you know. I always liked. I always liked the way uh, either Fred or George asked Angelina Johnson out. Yes. <laughs> Oi, Angelina. Oh. Would you like to go to the ball with me? Gestures, dancing moves at yeah. her. She was so mad at him, and then she's oh okay oh, okay. Now, you'd think I would ask Hermione. Because this is her moment. This is her, like, man, Hermione, this is the perspective of a 14-year-old boy growing up with this series. Man, Hermione's hot now. <laughs> but no, I'm not. I'm, I'm picking Ginny Weasley. Book Ginny is so cool. And I, I am convinced that Neville and Ginny were the only two students that had a good time at that ball. Mm, that's true. I mean, Hagrid had a good time, but <laughs> everyone else was just full of drama and everything. They were the only two that were like, "Oh, we're great." So who are you gonna who who are you gonna ask? There's not many to pick from. So if you had to, who'd you ask? You got Hermione, you got Cho, you got Fleur, the Patil sisters, Lavender Brown, Millicent. Bullstrode. I feel like Pavardi would have been a fun date, like if. Harry had been into it. Yeah. Like he just thinks he so. just wasn't they were clouded. Yeah. I think so too. Either yeah, one of she them. She seemed were. fun. I'm all about having a good time. I think it would have been a fun date. Now I'm rethinking. Maybe I should have taken Pavardi and you could take Padma. She didn't seem as fun as Pavardi. You're right. I'm sticking with Ginny. <laughs>
He just asked Fleur de Lacour out. What? What did she say? No, of course. Um, okay, so I'm sure you saw, the listeners did not see my face just now when you were talking. Mm. Uh, right before you started talking, I scrolled over. This is breaking news for the pod. This has nothing to do with the movie. Okay, okay. okay. Um, as of right now, we're recording. The 2023 Oscars are going on right now. And uh, they just wrapped up. And I was checking um, the winners and stuff. And I was like, oh, sweet. Ki Huan um, won Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. Um, a great comeback story. And he was the one who was played Short Round. And he was in The Goonies, which we've covered. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Fraser won Best Actor in really? a leading role. He got Best Actor? He got Best Actor in a lead role. Wow. That's a... For The Whale. Uh, beating Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell, Banshee's Vanish Aaron. Uh, two great comeback stories. No, no one deserves it more. We love no, you, Brandon. No one. I mean, I think Austin Butler was going to win it, but <laughs> seriously, like, he did a great job. Um, but, I mean, we stand Brendan Fraser on this say, podcast. It's not even judging him on his performance in that movie because I haven't seen it. I yeah, just I love Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I just want him to win I'm all so the awards. I'm so happy. That's cool. <laughs> um, That's cool. Anyways, that figured people would... Everyone's already going to know this anyways by the time it releases, but mm. cool. <laughs> One other thing related to the Yule Ball that I wanted to mention is I remember leading up to the movie in between three and four, everyone was talking about, that's when I started like get online more and like start reading about like, well, what, what are people saying online about yeah. movies, upcoming movies and that sort of thing. And I remember the rumor at the time was that because they were pop, they had just been popular that f- the band Franz Ferdinand were, were going <laughs> to yes. play the band at the Yule Ball, the Weird Sisters. And so I remember, like, I was like, oh, like, there was a lot of chatter online about, like, was Franz Ferdinand going to be in the movie? So I remember when I watched it, I was, like, waiting to see, like, and I, it's not like I would have, I remember I liked a, a couple songs by them, that was it. Not like I would have even recognized them if they were in the I movie. only know Take Me Out. Yeah. Um, and that's all they, like. And I my remember, first experience with that song was Weird Al's version, the polka version. The polka medley. <laughs> And so I remember, but I remember like being really excited, like, oh, let's see, like, I wonder what a band is going to be like in like Harry Potter. Like, let's see that. And it's like, they're like barely in the movie, yeah. but they have some great songs on the song, on the soundtrack. And, um, you unironically listen to those songs. I listen to them. Well, no, I mean, I listen to the, I listen to the soundtracks all the time. So it just comes yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So this movie and these songs basically gave birth to a genre of music called wizard rock. Yeah. Okay. I I don't listen to Wizard Rock. I've tried to listen to some of these like bands. I think there's one called like Harry and the Potters or something like that. This is real. Yeah. This is a thing. There. Oh, I thought you were talking about like in the no 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 in, the, the, in real life. It's there's like a whole genre oh. of Wizard Rock. Interesting. That are like online bands and that sort of thing. And it's it's in the style of like some of these songs that like were a played. Celestina Warbeck tribute band. Yeah. <laughs> so like I I I've never really. Like I've listened to it and tried it, and I was like, eh, I don't, I don't really care about it. But I do like the songs in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. just because it's in the movie, and it's also like the first experience to an actual song besides like mm. music, yeah, classical scores. And I thought it was cool. Um, actually, so we watched the extended edition on Peacock, 
there is a deleted scene of the full performance of the band that you can watch on YouTube. Oh, that's it's, cool. it's not in the movie though. Cause it's like, it would just turn into a music video right. <laughs> for the movie for like a couple minutes, but it's like the full footage of it. And it's really cool. They like, um, some of the stuff I was reading about it was like all the speakers and stuff, the background, it's like, I guess they're going for like a steampunk vibe because it's like, there's a lot of like steam shooting out because like the producer was saying, well, well, there's no electricity at Hogwarts. It's got to be like steam powered amps and speakers and that sort of thing. <laughs> it was like, okay, I guess, Good point. I guess Although I've never they thought just... about that. There's no electricity at Hogwarts. <laughs> I Why, guess so. Same director chose to have Cornelius Fudge put a wand to his neck. Yeah. To amplify it. Just use magic. You don't need steam power amps. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, we can we can talk about the music for this movie because this is the first movie without John Williams doing the soundtrack. And I have to say, still good. It's really good. <laughs> I like the soundtrack in this movie a lot. Uh, I listened to four, five, and six soundtracks. Probably more than one, two, and three, honestly. Yeah, easy. Yeah. That's an easy thing to say. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite scores already mm-hmm. from the beginning of this movie. Uh of course John Williams can do no wrong. Why why is there such a stigma? You can't you can't say anything bad about John Williams. I got beef for this in our awesome. live show. And he's such a nice guy. If you listen to any interviews with him yeah. too, he's so humble. Yeah. He's like he talks about like writing he wrote the the Hedwig theme. Like before he had even seen the movie or anything like that. And he was like, Oh, I was just, I was just glad the producers th- thought it was good and was usable. And I was like, This is the most amazing piece of music ever. And yeah. you're too humble, John Williams. I, I like the guy that they got for this one. His name is Patrick Doyle. I think he's Scottish. And like, I think he's good because he brings a lot of like the more, it, it sounds more like the other influences of like, the other schools, so the other cultures in the UK and that sort of thing. Some of that more like, I don't know, Scottish and some of the Irish yeah. music that you hear in the movie. It's more like cultural music. I don't know. Yeah. It works good. And a lot of the music is just really good as far as like very distinct. It's not just like background music. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a really good piece of music called like Harry and Winter. And it's like all the music playing throughout the Yule Ball stuff. And it's just, it's just great music. Even like I love the way that, that this movie kicks out kicks off. Like it's immediately darker. The Warner Brothers logo is like silver and smoky. Yeah. I think the third one is like that too. But like the music, the way it starts out, you just know like you're in for a ride. Yeah. And I have a hard time saying this because John Williams can't do any wrong. But part of me wishes he never touched Harry Potter. Now, I'm going to let that sink in a little bit because that's a really bold statement. And I've been rebuked before. I would rebuke you for that. I for know. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious to see how Harry Potter would have turned out if, like, all these directors, like Alfonso Cuaron, did his whole series at the same time. If they all directed the same series, all mm-hmm. seven movies, which would be the better? series to watch like if chris columbus did all seven movies all eight movies and if john williams did all eight scores i think they all would have been great i don't agree with that i don't agree with that i think john williams was there to do the 
the infrastructure, mm-hmm. the main themes, but everything else is just kind of boring to me. Um, it really doesn't have a lot of heart. Minus the main themes, but it, that's what I was saying. It's just like normal, like classical music that you kind of tune out. It's all background music. Um, and it comes in at the important times. I can see what you're saying. Like with the later soundtracks, like there, it doesn't feel like there's any filler, like on the albums. Like you just, you just listen to it all back, yeah. and it puts you in the scene. And, and it's it has not like, a, like just trying to match the energy of the scene or the emotion of the scene, but it's, it's a, it's doing that, but it's also just like a good melody, yeah, and it flows and it's just very natural to the movie, yeah. Know. And if you are to listen to any track on a later movie that's not done by John Williams, you can tell it has a lot of brand identity. Like, that's Harry Potter. Like, mm-hmm. you can tell that it is. But some of the tracks that John Williams did, you can't tell that it's Harry Potter because it's so similar to other things he's done. For some of it, yeah. Yeah, I can see I that. said for some of it. Yeah. First, first, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you said. <laughs> so, like, you know, I don't is, know, it, I, is this ET? Is it Star so, Wars? Is it Harry Potter? Is it Jurassic yeah. Park? I don't know. But all the others are so consistent, and it's it, you get the same feeling the whole time. But I can't listen to the John Williams ones as much. John Williams' best one is the third one because he started using other instruments. Yeah, I think I like the second one best. But I, I do agree with you. Like, I don't. I don't listen to those albums like front to back like I can with some of the other. All I'm saying is John albums. Williams is not the best thing that happened to Harry Potter. And Harry Potter is good yeah. enough. Kenneth Branagh is, right? <laughs> yeah. Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying John Williams is not the greatest thing to happen to Harry Potter, and Harry Potter would have been perfectly fine without him. I fully believe that. That's a hot take. I agree with you to some, some extent. <laughs> I do think that the way he that he 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 set the foundation and then handed over the reins, and the other composers were very competent and did a great job with it. I think that's the way it needed to be. I wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. But I would not take John Williams out of Harry Potter. No way. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if they didn't start without him, it could have been. It would have been fine. It would have been good and just as just as successful. Maybe because they stuck with it, like five through seven, pretty much. Well, directors, so that vibe. Directors, yeah, but there's still like different composers. Yeah. Four or five. Five and six is the same. Seven, seven, part one and two is the same. Four is a one-off. One-off director, one-off composer. Interesting. That's why I feel like that's maybe why the fourth one has kind of a different tone than any of the other ones. And it's kind of unique. I like it. I think this one and the fifth one are my two favorites. Scores. Soundtracks, yeah. Yeah. I think so for me too. And I feel exhausted saying that thought, <laughs> but that's how I feel. Speak your truth, man. <laughs> I just don't think John Williams is the greatest thing that ever happened. Okay, you said it. I have to keep <laughs> saying that so people will agree with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, John Williams, if you're listening to our podcast. What if he's our only fan? He probably understands. He's, he's like, it's okay. Now I feel bad. Now what if he hears this? I love John Williams. <laughs> I really do. I love him too. 
I wanted to talk about with the music specifically, like the music that plays while Harry is like sitting in the tent waiting to face the dragon. Most anticipated. It's so like he's I'm anticipating, nervous. he's da- he's feeling the danger, he's like anxious. Yeah. Like that anxiety. That's the music I have always heard in my li- in like in my head. Anytime I'm like about to do public speaking or something yes. like that, like I've got to present or something like that. And I'm just like waiting for it to be my turn to like give a presentation at school or something. Like that's what I've always like. That music is what plays in my head. That's why this is my favorite score. It's, oh, it's so good. All I ask is for them to go back in time and release a four hour movie or two movies of this. And it was, we did, like we said, we watched the extended edition. So there is like some of the deleted scenes added into the, the versions that are on uh, Peacock that are like TV versions, which was cool because I hadn't, I hadn't seen those before. I had seen the scenes separately, but to see them cut into the movie and how they work is always really interesting. Deleted scenes. Um, I mean, was there anything that you felt was like critical? Or was it just extra stuff, like establishing shots? And I really and nothing was super important, especially the the Yule Ball part where the that was the carriage is rocking. That was funny. That's a little S- Snape edgy, and Karkaroff are like busting up couples that are like making out outside of the dance, and yeah. there's like some the the Bobatons carriages are out there and they're getting yeah. steamy. <laughs> He like knocks on the door and tells him to get out of there. Ten points from Hufflepuff. Oh, <laughs> and Ravenclaw. It was a, it was a <laughs> it was a funny scene. But, it was. Um, definitely takes you out of the movie though. A little bit. The Hogwarts song, so cool. That was cool. They should have had that in there because you hear them singing that later on in the movie, like when they're walking through the woods and Harry discovers Barty Crouch. They're like in the background singing it, but all they had to do was get rid of the sing along. CGI. Oh that yeah, Dumbledore had. Yeah, and it would have been fine. Yeah, it was sort of like a scene where like we're watching them go through the motions of like another year, mm-hmm. but it, you're not. You're watching them. You're not really immersed as much. So it's like, yeah, there's other things to start thinking about. We've got the Triwizard Tournament going on, but let's also do the formality of starting this year. <laughs> um, yeah, I expected more from deleted scenes. Yeah, I don't think that there was anything. Uh, it just padded it out and made it, you know, it was a, it was a good watch, but yeah. you could you could understand why they were cut. Yeah, especially as long as the movie was, you know, it just makes you wish that they had had other stuff they could have added in. Yeah. One note that I had here at the end of the movie, Harry gets back. Moody takes him aside, takes him to his room or whatever. It's re- and then Dumbledore comes in and like stops him from harming Harry, and he like. Gives him the Veritaserum, and he's like, "We we see Moody. He has the conversation with Harry. He talks about all the stuff with Voldemort and the graveyard and all that stuff." And Harry's like, "Professor, I don't remember saying anything about the graveyard." Yeah, that, and that's when Dumbledore comes in. Um, but they have that whole conversation, and then after he transforms, like the Polyjuice potion wears off, he transforms back into Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say it. Um he he basically comes out like he's like not aware of who he is or what's going on. 
because he he basically he comes off and he's like, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And he's talking about the dark mark on his arm and the and the cut on Harry's arm. Yeah. And it, super weird. No, well it's weird because it's I took it as like he wanted to know if if Voldemort had like come back. Yeah. But he should have like Polyjuice Potion doesn't like you don't come out of it and not be right. aware of what happened. Like you just had that conversation. It's well, not like you forgot. Only, our only experience of that is um one second one. An hour. Mm-hmm. An hour's worth. I don't know if there's different effects if you've been under the same potion for a year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I guess that's that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> it just like yeah, it, it just felt like he didn't remember the conversation that they had just had. Yeah. And that he was like out of it and it was that that was something I just noticed was weird and I I made a note. But of also it. he's also been in Azkaban for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And then he went straight into this after mm-hmm. he escaped. Yeah. So and I he guess, hadn't had much time outside of the outside world, and he has to be in character the whole time. So I don't think he would have that much update, regardless. I just felt it just seemed like a continuity thing of like the effects of Polyjuice Potion, like they had forgotten how it, yeah, how the effects were. But maybe not. Well, like you said, maybe he's been on that for ten months straight. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's let's do our ranking of the uh, the teachers, the defense against the dark arts. I teachers. would love to. All right, is how are we going to do this? Because this is two different people. Okay, um, we're just going to say Barty Crouch as Loop as a uh, as Moody. I mean, you can you can say that. you can call him Moody. It's fine. I don't yeah. think we need to consider it as like two separate people. Right. We okay. just have to know what was actually going on. Moody. Is Moody better than Quirrell? Yes. Is he better than Lockhart? <sighs> yes. Yes. Is he better <laughs> than Lupin? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. I, I had him as second on my list. Yeah, I can agree with that. Mainly because, obviously, he's not himself. <laughs> but yeah, That's an asterisk. I think of Moody, I think I would have gone with him as number one if mm-hmm. it was actually Moody. Right. But otherwise, it's got to be Lupin. But he does like he he really prepares them for the real world and like it's it's yeah he's he the most can, effective he can see like they have not been getting the teaching that they've been needing like the first well first couple years at least yeah so they're like kind of behind even though Lupin was like trying to get him up to speed you got to remember he was out for a lot of time yeah yeah you know health issues yeah but that that affects him so but I would still say because because it wasn't truly Mad Eye I put him at second okay. And again, if we're going for entertainment value, Gilderoy Lockhart all the way. But <laughs> but if we're Moody going... was pretty dang entertaining. He, he turned a kid into a he ferret. was he was. <laughs> I just love Lockhart. He's one of my yeah. favorite characters. So that's where we're going. So I guess we're agreed on that. Yeah, second, yeah. second there. Lupin is still number one. And then and then uh, Muppets casting for yeah, Harry Potter. I'm in my notebook. All right, so. Update. We've got just there was a reminder from the first Harry Potter movie. We've got Sweetums as Hagrid. Mm-hmm. We've got Rizzo as Professor Flitwick. Uh, we've got Gonzo and Camilla as Filch and Mrs. Norris. Then we've got Beaker as Quirrell. Rizzo again as Scabbers. 
so we've got Kermit as Dumbledore and Voldemort, Voldemort. Mm-hmm. which Voldemort makes an appearance in here. So Kermit is showing real life, <laughs> um, not just in the back of somebody's head. Now that I think about that, having Kermit on the back of Beaker's head sounds hilarious. Give me hilarious. your arm, Wormtail. No, the other arm. <laughs> Kill the spear. <laughs> then we got Sam the Eagle as Snape. Pepe Lepron as Lockhart. But we made an amendment during that episode because I realized mid-episode that that is Link Heart, Hogthrob, the, like, the space pig guy who thinks so much of himself, even more than Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy, Rita Skeeter. Okay. A little bit. Just because I think they're perfect for each other. (laughs) (laughs) But I I have a feeling Miss Piggy's going to reprise a bunch of roles in these. Yeah. She just has to. I mean, the Muppets play multiple characters. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, And then we've got, (laughs) for Moody, this is the last one. This is controversial because this isn't, uh, official Muppet. I put Oscar the Grouch as Moody. Because <laughs> okay. he's he's Sesame Street Muppet, but he's Muppet. Mm-hmm. Mainly because he spends most of his time in a container. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Moody, but who is Barty Crouch Jr.? <laughs> Oscar's other personality. <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I'll allow it. Yeah, I figured it would. It's, it's, it's a Henson creation. And gone all this time, and we still haven't really done like a rapid fire of quotes from this movie, which there's a lot. Oh man! And I would feel like we didn't do it justice if we didn't cover some of the quotes. Um, the one, some of the ones I didn't. There were there were so many. I I wish I was writing them down as I was watching the yeah. movie. Um, one that we say a lot is like when they're on the train coming over to Hogwarts, and it's like anything off the trolley deals and. And Ron's just like, I'll take this and that. And I remember exactly what all he asked for, but he's just like, when he sees how much everything costs, he's like, just, just the troubles. Just the troubles. Just, just the troubles, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, we said the Neville one, like, I just got in. Me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't write any quotes down. Uh, I like when they're heading to the world, uh, the World Cup and. They like take the port key and they all fall and slam and hit the ground. And then Arthur Weasley, Cedric, and his dad come just like little floating down, all walking down. And well, I think it's Cedric's dad is like, that'll clear your sinuses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Another Cedric's dad. My boy. That's my boy. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and one that I, I can't believe. We haven't said yet when he's when uh, Barty Crouch is handing out the dragons to all the different oh, wow, characters, yeah. and he's just like Chinese fireball. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Barty Crouch is a weird man. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what that accent is. I don't know what that is. Yeah, he's doing. I said, like, I looked him up. He's British. That. He sounds French and British at the same time. I, I don't understand. Um, I also wrote it down. It's the scene when after Ron like ass out Fleur and he's like retelling the story he's like I was I was there and I was watching them and they were walking by and you know I like it how they walk <laughs> this is this is one I don't use all the time but I've used it before 
if someone's looking for an idea, I'm like, we can always use Gilly Week. Oh, <laughs> uh, I feel like there's some good Fred and there's there's some good Fred and George scenes in this movie. Let go, moral fiber. <laughs> we'll never uh, let you live this down. Never. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more. Now, John, any standout foods? Oh man, that, yeah, I wanted to bring that up. I don't know if this has been in any of the other movies, but I've actually noticed this in clips from the mo- all the movies going forward, including scenes at Hogwarts in Fantastic Beasts, is cereal boxes in Hogwarts. So and and also toast trays. All the tables have these like these yeah. these holders for like triangle cut like pieces of toast. And they're just lined up across all the tables. Any breakfast scene from like four on, it all has the same thing. But I noticed in the background, I was like, are those cereal boxes? And there's two kinds of cereal, I guess, in the Wizarding World. One is called Pixie Puffs. Pixie Puffs. And then Cheery Owls. Cheery Owls. And you can look up pictures of it, and it's like Wizarding cereal boxes. It's cool. I was just like, man, I didn't know they had cereal in the I mean, they can't always have feasts. I, it's magic. What what else are the house elves doing in the kitchens? Well, that's the show's background because like they went on strike, so they weren't doing feasts. They were just like, "Here's your cereal." I I can get <laughs> I can get down with that. So spew was mentioned. <laughs> um, I mean, I bet there was a lot of other food shown in maybe some of like the Yule Ball scenes and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, there wasn't there's so much though. Because it's so yeah, fast paced. Yeah, I, I would just I want to try the wizard cereal. That's that's my go to for this one. And I want to try Gillyweed. Yeah. Alright, well that's all I've got. Um pretty much time to wrap up. We are at Blimey. That's one big woman. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just looking at quotes on IMD. Oh man. Oh, there's a line when like the transition before the first task where um Harry's like, I'm I'm not allowed a broom. You're allowed a wand. A wand. I was like, bro, (laughs) what do you even mean? Oh. Well, okay. I didn't know what Accio meant. That's a whole new spell. Like, there's a whole bunch of new spells. Periculum, where he shoots the red sparks. There's um Mm -hmm. uh Accio. Accio Fireball. Um What else is? There? Yeah, I mean, in the, in the book, that's a whole thing of him like trying to learn the spell, but he just casts a spell in the in the movie like he knows how to do it, which is fine. And even though it's not a quote, just <laughs> even though it's not a quote, just the the dance scene when they're announcing they're announcing like the Yule Ball, and there's that huge speaker. I've never noticed how big the it was. The gramophone. Yeah. And just like getting Ron to to dance with McGonagall, that that's a that's funny great. Scene. Oh, here's a good one. Haven't the foggiest? Oh yeah, I say that a lot. But I guess a lot of British people say that in general. Ooh, here's a good one. In unison, feet off the table. Feet off the table. <laughs> yeah, get out of the kitchen, Ron. Feet off the table. I love magic. <laughs> Um, top three easily movies, books, stories. Of all time, yeah. <laughs> of all time, yeah. 
It's not going to work. Oh, yeah? Why is that, Granger? Because it's so incredibly dim-witted. <laughs> we, um, we might as well... I'm not an owl! Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I used that for the hint for the last episode. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's such a good book, and it's a good movie. I don't care what the haters say. So, Jeremy, what is your letterbox score for Harry Potter and the Goblet oh, of Fire? Oh, my goodness. Because this is not a Goodreads book review. This is a letterboxed. Yeah. No, this is it's just a movie. I mean, shoot. Your, your letterbox score should be reflective of your ranking of the movies. Right. Because it's not, a, a Goodreads is the same thing. Around books. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'll let you go first. Because okay. I need to check. I need to see what else my, uh, what my other mm-hmm. ones are. So for the record, for me anyway, for the first two, I gave them both five stars. Those, those, those are my favorites. I, I like those the most. Um, third one, I knocked it half a star. Okay. And that was kind of a controversial because a lot of people say, oh, that's the best movie. Right. And there's a lot I appreciate about it. But it was where the adaptation and some of the things that were missed rubbed me the wrong way on sure. the third one. Um. For the fourth one, I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to give it a four. Four out of five. Interesting. Still good, but I do, I still do, I think it's, of the first four, I think it's the weakest. I have already, I actually already reviewed this one. <laughs> but it's still, it's still a four out of five in my book. Like, I, I still love it. <laughs> and I, I don't even know that any movie is really going to get lower than a four. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I really don't think any's going to go lower than that for me. But we'll see. My first two are four out of fives, four point five out of fives. My th- the third one is five. Okay, I already reviewed this as a four. Oh, okay. But I'm bumping it up to four point five because I know I like this movie better than you. <laughs> and I'm seeing all my friends on Letterboxd, and I have the highest score already. So I'm like, I'm 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 better than them. Mm. <laughs> I, I like it much better. Um, no, just because of the the feeling it invokes in my heart yeah. and how entertaining it is and how it reminds me of my favorite story of Harry Potter, even though it's not yeah. perfect. I'm giving it a four out of 4.5 out of five. Yeah. For me, it's just the, it's just the rushed nature of it. Yeah. And that's what, there's a lot of things missing and, um, adaptation. It's just not, you're so right. I'm going back down to four. That that's where I'm giving it the a rushness, just because I didn't get enough. It was perfect, but I didn't get enough. Yeah, it's like I like what we got, and I, if it could have been filled out more, that's the thing. Like I I don't look at it and I see like, oh, why is that in there? Like, why did they cut yeah. that? Why didn't they cut that and put this in there? Like everything that's there, I want it there. I just like you said, I wanted more. So, give me the. The Dursley scene where the Fred and George give Dudley the <laughs> they're like test candies and yeah, causing mayhem for for the Dursleys. That's what I want, and more Quidditch World Cup and Oliver Wood at the World Cup. That's what I want. Why couldn't they have put the only other Weasley kid in the whole series? Just makes me mad. Um, okay, well, sweet. About time to wrap up. We are at, oh my goodness, two and a half hours. 
This this could be our longest episode yet. I'm glad. So we didn't do a two-parter. Maybe we should do a two-parter so other people can listen to it. Like, I think what we should do, generally, I think we should do a two-parter just because we need to do, we otherwise we're stooping down to Mike Newell's level. <laughs> I think we need to talk about, put as much into this as we can. And if they don't want to listen to the second half of this, this is part two of this episode. We don't have to. I, I, I mean, I don't want to record another hour. Exactly. No, like you... I, no, you I edited this in too. That's what I'm saying. I say we put the same energy as him. And, you know, it's it's a little rushed at places. We didn't get to everything, but, you know, it's still a good episode, right? Yeah. All right, well, another day, another staple. Well, everyone, our only question left is, what's your favorite inside quote from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? Let us know on Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. Yeah, and if you haven't followed us yet, go ahead and do that and let us know if there's any movies you want us to cover on the show. All right. Uh, it was my turn this week, so you've got it next week. What, what are we doing? So next week, I want to cover a sports movie that also takes place maybe in the spiritual realm. Ah, sort of? Facing the Giants, maybe? huh? No. Oh, no. okay. No. <laughs> and we're going to have a, a special guest uh, back on the podcast. Uh, he was on for our Cool Runnings episode, Caleb Keenan. Right. So stay tuned for that, and go ahead and check out the Cool Runnings episode. Why not? Do it. Here's a clip for next week. No matter who we play, we give the game away. Cause we can't win, that would be a sin. We even lose the games before they Save it, Maple! Bummer. One more loss! One more loss which could have been a win! You call yourself professionals. I have never ever seen a worse group of 25 players. You don't think as a team, you don't play as a team, you don't even lose as a team. You all got your heads so far up your butts, you can't even see the light of day. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at groovybridge or brycebridgman.com. And we would love it if you left us a five-star review. If you do, we promise to read it on the show. But more importantly, five stars, and we'll sneak you some food from the kitchens at Hogwarts. Mm. That's right. That's a reference to the book, not the movie. Okay? That's how we do it on Inside Quotes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our childhood staples just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit follow on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Also, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Until next week, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. And until next time, why don't you take your egg and go up to the bathroom and just mull things over in the water. Right? No, like put the egg in the water <laughs> and open it up and then you'll hear the clip. Oh, good. I wasn't so sure what you meant by that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I got Pretty you. Pretty good place for a bath. Yeah, obviously it's a prefect's bathroom. Yeah. There's a peeping myrtle in there too, though. Watch out. Why are you standing so close to me, Cedric? Ha, ha, ha.